Gulliver's Travels by Jonathan Swift. Chapter One, also small. Lemu Gulliver loved to travel, and he loved adventure. This is the story of one of his stranger adventures. It began when Gulliver boarded on a ship sailing to the far east. The voyage was a difficult and dangerous one. Winds howled, storms raged, and the ship was pushed off course. Finally, it hit some rocks and sank. The passengers were desperate. Some tried to escape in a small boat, but Cap seized the way, and they all drowned, except for Gulliver. Gulliver swam for his life. Just as he was giving up hope, he saw land. He stumbled ashore and collapsed on the beach. Soon he was fast asleep. When he woke up, he could not move, not even his head. He was tied to the ground. Gulliver tugged his hair free, and looked around. An amazing sight met his eyes. Tiny men were clambering all over him. "Hey!" Gulliver shouted. The men jumped off in fright. Some of them fired arrows, which pricked his skin like needles. "Ow!" cried Gulliver. "That hurts." What were they going to do next? He soon found out. They stopped firing arrows and built a ladder beside him. Then an important-looking man climbed up and shouted in his ear, but Oliver didn't understand a word. He was hungry too, so he pointed to his mouth. "Hungry," he said. The man must have understood him because a crowd appeared. Carrying huge amounts of very small food, Gulliver gobbled it all. They brought barrels of wine, which Gulliver gulped down thirstily. The people gave each other sly smiles. Unknown to Gulliver, unknown to Gulliver, they had put something in the wine. In seconds, he fell into a deep sleep. The people set to work. Five hundred tiny carpenters built a wooden cart and dragged Gulliver onto it. Then he was pulled away. Crowds gathered to stare at him. Gulliver was just as amazed. It was like a toy town. Chapter two: The Emperor. As soon as the emperor of the land heard about the giant man, he came to see Gulliver. But they couldn't understand each other. I need to think about this," said the emperor. Leaving his soldiers to guard Gulliver, he strode off. Everyone wanted a closer look at the giant, but some men fired arrows at him. "Stop that!" cried the soldiers, seizing the men. "Here," one shouted, "let's give them to the giant to punish." Oliver picked up one of the troublemakers and opened his mouth. The little man wriggled and howled with terror. He was sure he was going to be eaten. Meanwhile, the emperor was thinking hard. What should he do about Gulliver? He decided to ask his advisers. 
Let's kill him before it's too late, one of them suggested. Anything that big must be dangerous. But they were talking, two men arrived. They were full of news about what Galbraith had done with the man, who fired arrows at him. He's a joker, he pretended to Ewan, then let them all go, they said, laughing. The emperor was delighted. Let's keep him, he said. Give him plenty of food. Make him some new clothes and teach him our language. Soon Galbraith had everything he needed, but he was still held in the temple like a prisoner. Chapter 3 Freedom Galbraith learned the people's language as quickly as he could. Then he asked if he could see the emperor. Please set me free, he pleaded. The emperor wasn't sure. You'll have to wait, he said. You still may be dangerous. And he sent his men to search inside Galbraith's pockets. They found his handkerchief, his snuff box, his notebook, his comb, his watch, in the bag of coin, the only dangerous thing they found was his gun, but they didn't know what it was. The emperor still wasn't satisfied. He sent a message to Galbraith. Do you have any weapons? Show them to us, he demanded. So Galbraith drew his sword out of his sheath and waved it around above his head. The emperor's troops had surrounded Galbraith at a distance with bows, and they were ready to fire. When they saw the sword, they shot in terror, so Galbraith quickly put the sword down on the ground, adrenaline as he could. Then he got his gun and fired into the air. Everyone fell to the ground in fear. Don't worry, Galbraith said. You can have them. He handed his sword and gun to the guards, and the emperor realized but he still didn't set Galbraith free. Galbraith just had to wait to pass the time to learn more about the country, which was called Liput. It had something very strange customs. One was the game of leaping and creeping. Everyone important nobles played it. They had to leap over a stick or creep under one. The winner won prizes. To work for the emperor, people had to do tricks. The top jobs went to the best acrobatics. Galbraith thought this custom was very odd, but he didn't show it. If he was friendly, then might then they might trust him and let him go. Every day, Galbraith begged to be allowed to leave the temple, but the emperor always refused. And finally, one day, the emperor agreed. Free the giant, he declared. He may walk where he likes, but he must ask first, and he must stay on the main road. I will, Galbraith promised. Free at last, Galbraith set off to explore the city. Everybody stayed. Everybody else stayed indoors to avoid his enormous feet. Oliver thought he'd visit the palace. But the gate was too small and the walls were too tall. So he cut down some of the largest trees from the palace garden and made two stools with a stool on the other side of the wall. He could step over into the palace courtyard. 
Inside, he would take him to meet the empress and her children. Welcome, said the empress. She held out her hand for Galbraith to kiss. Galbraith explored the entire city before he returned to his temple that night. When he fell asleep, he had a smile on his face. Chapter 4 War The put seemed like a very peaceful place, but Galbraith soon found out that while that one day the emperor secretly came to see him. We have a problem, he said. There are two groups of people in the port, the transcend, where high heels and the slammocks were low ones. They're bitter enemies, and both groups want to be in charge. The emperor likes low heels at the moment, so the slammocks have more power. But if he changes his mind, war could break out. That's terrible, said Gulliver. And that's not at all, cried the century. We're already at war with a nearby island called Beskflur, and the islanders are going to attack us. Why do they want to attack you, asked Gulliver. What's the problem between you? It's all about eggs, explained the century. Boiled eggs and a cut finger. Oliver was astonished. Eggs? He said, how? The sentry blushed. Well, many years ago, everyone opened their eggs at the big end. But then the prince cut his finger when breaking his egg open. His father passed a lot once. No one to crack the eggs at the big end, and ever again. Eggs always had to be eaten from the smaller end. Lots of people refused to obey the law. They were ready to die over it, and some were killed, but the others fled to best cruel, because the people still cracked their eggs at the big end. We've been at war ever since. We've already lost 40 ships, and thousands of our soldiers and sailors have died. And now the Blessedlkins have built a huge fleet, fleet of ships, and they are preparing to invade it. You have to help us, Deedery pleaded. Please. He tried to find the island of Bellafort with a telescope. It was an it was easy to spot. A fleet of ships was getting ready to set out. Oliver counted over 50 warships. But what could he do on his own against so many warships? Suddenly he had an idea. I'll need ropes and iron bars, he told the emperor. Oliver twisted the rope together to make them stronger. Then he bent the iron bars into hooks. Now for the next thing string of my plan, he muttered, heading to the sea. Gara waited in and swam almost all the way to Bell's foot. When he rose out of the sea, towering above them, the sailors screamed with fright. Many dived aboard just to escape. Gara hooked 
and rope through each of the ships and tied the ropes together. Then he hauled the fleet back across the sea to the port. Chapter 5, Gulliver in Danger. Gulliver arrived at Lipport's shores. Everyone cheered, but defeating Bethlehem Navy wasn't enough for the Emperor. I want to take over Bethlehem, he announced to Gulliver. Gulliver thought that it was going too far. I won't make people into slaves, he said. This made the Emperor cross, and some messengers arrived from Bethlehem, hoping to make peace. When they met Gulliver, they invited him for a visit. This made the emperor furious. Humph, he said crossly. I suppose you can go if you must. Gulliver thought he'd better stay in Laporte and try to keep the emperor happy. He stayed quietly in his temple until one night he was woken by shouting, Help, help, Gulliver, come quickly. The palace is on fire. People were frantically fighting the fire, but flames were licking the roof. Gulliver, who was taller than the tallest ladder, threw water over the palace to save it. After this, the emperor was happy again for a while. Gulliver began to enjoy life, although he kept thinking of home. But most people were very kind to him. Three hundred tailors made him a new blue suit, and every day three hundred chefs cooked him tasty meals. One evening, the emperor brought his family to visit Gulliver. They all sat down to a wonderful feast at Gulliver's table. But Gulliver's problems, but Gulliver's problem didn't go away. Flimnap, who was in charge of the emperor's money, didn't like Gulliver. He said he cost too much. Highness, he eats far too much. Flimnap, come I suppose you've got a point, the emperor nodded thoughtfully. It was true, Gulliver was very friends. Late one night, Gulliver had a visitor, an important noble from the palace who kept his face hidden. He had come with a warning. Listen carefully. Your life is in danger from Nap turning everyone against you, he told Gulliver. Your enemies have written a list of your crimes. They say you can't be trusted, that you're a traitor, he said. Even worse, they say you're plotting against the emperor. They want you killed. Flamnap wants to set your temple on fire and shoot poisoned arrows at you. Gulliver turned pale. Not all of the nobles want to kill you, the man added. Some say you should only be blinded but even the emperor wants to give you less food to save money you must leave right away chapter six escape plans quilt made of 13 layers of the strongest fabric in the land when the boat was finished, I'd like to leave now, Gulliver told the king, but not at once. 
home will believe my story. Could I take some of your people with me? I think your people would enjoy seeing my country. He added, I can't possibly allow that, said the king, but you may as take some cows and a sheep or two. Galbraith didn't waste any time. Quickly, he scribbled a little letter to the emperor. I'm off to visit Miss Quilf, and I promised, he wrote. Then he hurried down to the sea and understrated. He piled his clothes onto the biggest ship he could find and waded into the sea between Laporte and Bisqueflis. Galbraith didn't stop until he reached Bisqueflis. The king himself came out to meet him. Galbraith lay down to kiss his hand. Welcome, cried the king. Stay as long as you like. Be grateful, your majesty, Galbraith replied truthfully. Walking on beach a week later, Gulliver spotted something strange out at sea. It was a small boat, but a full-sized one, flowing upside down in the water. Gulliver rushed to the king. Please help me, he begged. Could be my chance to go home. Can you help me rescue this boat? Of course, said the king. Take some ships to help you. Gulliver swam out to the boat, holding ropes from each of the ships. With the ships pulling and Galbraith pushing, the boat was brought safely to shore. Galbraith set about setting the boat for his long journey home. While he carved a tree trunk to make a mast, some of the king's men made a new sail. The sail was like a... He also gave Galbraith 50 bags of gold coins. I don't want you to go, he said. But I understand why you have to. Thank you, said Galbraith. I'll never forget you. He clambered into his bow and set sail. Goodbye, Bescobless, he cried. Goodbye. After only a few days at sea, Galbraith saw a ship. He shot and waved wildly, hoping the sailors would see him. He was in luck. The lookout spotted him. The ship sailed over and picked him up. Where have you come from? asked the captain. A place called La Porte, said Gover, and he stood the captain his seven ears. The captain was astonished for a few gold coins and a couple of cows. He agreed to take Oliver all the way home. Well, that's my story for today. Thanks so much for listening, and I really hope that you enjoyed it. If there are other stories that you'd like to hear, leave me a comment, and maybe I'll record one just for you. And don't forget to rate and review my podcast so more kids like you can listen along. Mm-hmm.